Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Mmm. How's it going? Good. Yes. Good. Second podcast of the year. I thought last week we were on we were on a, about a seven. Really? A seven, really? Maybe a six. Wow, that, you talk us high? up. Maybe yeah. a six. We need to ramp it up. We're stepping up the volume, pushing the tempo. Yes. And um, bringing the beat back. Clearly not. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, how's it going? They're all phrases I don't understand being a guitar player. Yeah. Beat back. Tempo. Beat. Bring in the back. Tap beat. Ta- you, tempo is... Matt, you know... Tap um, tempo. You know like, you know, like oh, tap the tempo. I don't use on delay. Yeah, tap tempo. Tempo is kind of like tap tempo, but... Does anyone use tap, tap tempos? No, you just set the tempo to the slowest with the most amount of repeat <laughs> before it oscillates. And it goes into oscillation. What do you mean before it oscillates? <laughs> Philistine. Then you mess around with the feedback, uh, the delay time control, and mm-hmm. uh, and then it's and then it's and then it's time for another podcast. A week has gone by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, the, you don't. You never actually leave that room that we can see you sitting in, do you? Just no. It's not really even a room. It's just green screen. Right. <laughs> are you still at work? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever leave the shop, Matt, or are you just playing with the T Rex replicator for hours on end? I'm still waiting for those two. Um, I still want to have a go on one. Have you still had a go, man? Oh, I man. really want to try one. Oh, that's awful. Imagine. I really want an A bit. One. We should yeah. try and get hold of one and the full tone one, and then do. Oh, like we a, should definitely do that. If you were locked in a guitar shop now, for oh, I've e- had that happen for an evening. Yeah, I've had that happen. What uh, What three things would you pick to pass the time, Matt Knight? <laughs> uh, a- what, some some sort of tape delay, uh, some sort of analog delay, and some sort of digital delay, and then plug them all in together. Okay, J Cross, uh, random tone generator. Okay, <laughs> into a uh, tape delay, uh, an Ibanez echo shifter into an amp. Okay. Do you need actually? Does that count as three? He only said Matt only said three pedals. Yeah, but that's fine. It's three yeah, things. things. But really you just work. you let one oscillate and then that. But you ain't got an amp. Not plugging. You're not got an amp. Don't need an amp. <laughs> just imagine. Feel it, you, Matt knows pedal. Matt is so clued up on what pedals sound like. He doesn't even need to plug them in. You know that episode of South Park where they play. Um, the the kids can play. Um, 
Guitar Hero acoustically. Oh yeah, which is yeah. That's, Matt, Matt. that's Matt. That's yeah. Matt. But like, he just like he knows what the pedals sound like, so he can just like twist the dial and be like, "Oh yeah, that would sound so good." Joe, <laughs> Joe Branton. Uh, I don't know, man. What? Pete, well, it's it's not. J- it's not as interesting for me. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? A custom shop bass into a compressor well, yeah, into, into a, a compressor into an, an Ampeg SVT <laughs> Heritage. That was actually what I was thinking. <laughs> Which custom shop bass, though? Come on, be imaginative. Well, it depends. Different shops have different ones. Um, if if there was, uh, I, I tell you what, I'd really like to spend some time with the Dusty Hill. Okay. Um, uh, Were they that good? Uh, the new ones are better. I didn't know there was a new one. Uh, well, it's just like, it's not really a... I think it's still called a Dusty Hill, but it's black now. Okay. Because um, the original Dusty Hill... Was, was so Dusty Hill top. from ZZ Top. Was yeah. very gold. Was gold with a Gretsch-style pickup. Ooh, uh, no, 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 that's wrong. 51 P-Bass uh, pickup. It is. Oh, it's a 51 P-Bass pickup. That's all he plays, isn't it? Yeah. 51 slab body yeah. P-Bass. <laughs> that's all he okay, plays. right, sorry. But it was different because they tried to make it... It was basically a Les Paul, but a 51 P-Bass, if that makes sense. Right, so okay. It did still have a, a maple neck, so I guess it wasn't a Les Paul in that sense, but it was a mahogany body with a gold top. Uh, raw power, yeah. Les Paul. Yeah, what? exactly that. Oh right, yeah. So so yeah, but with you know with the fifty one single coil pickup bang in the middle of the body, it was it was wicked. But yeah, the gold top was maybe a bit. It was too dusty hill. Yeah, I think for four grand, it was like you had to be really into ZZ well, top. It's, it's the same as the um, the custom shop uh, Billy Gibbons. Les mm. Paul, the, the the new ones because they do they did a um, the pinstripe one the pinstripe gold top relic yeah which is just like I mean you have to be such a uh, a ZZ Top fan to get that guitar as opposed to for example the Pearly Gates custom shop that they did um, you know which sort is of just a great four Les five Paul. years ago which is just a really incredible Les Paul you know this is I think that's that's the thing when you get into like real like specific. And I can understand why people are sometimes a little bit hesitant when it yeah, comes to like signature models. guitars. Yeah. yeah, is if it's really, really specific, as opposed to something like the, um, like that Billy Gibbons. Or I tell you another thing, which I think, another artist model, which I think gets sort of brushed under the rug a little bit, is the. Um, and I understand why, because I don't really like him. But uh, well, I don't really like the band. But Billy, the Billy is it Corgan. The sin- oh, I think you're oh, going to no, go for the Sinister the Gates. Great strat. The Billy Corgan yeah. strat is such a wicked strat. Yeah. Like, you know, because it's hardtail. Yeah. And it's it's brilliant. Like, that's it, exactly the sort of strat that I would play. But I think that guitar kind of gets... People don't want to be... <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there who don't really want to be associated as someone who supports Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan's um, all right. Um, he I is, mean, I don't really... I've never really liked Smashing he Pumpkins. He is one of the uh, people... Grandest musicians. No, Smashing Pumpkins are all right. Got, I mean, I'm I'm not a massive fan, but his guitar sound is awesome. Yeah, because it's, it's just that and a big muff. It's yeah. just like, believe it or not, great. Billy Corgan is one of the lead writers for TNA Impact Wrestling. Of is course, yeah. of course, Mark Packham knows that. Yeah, of course. What lead writers in what? In terms of what the the script? <laughs> Step one: do a punch. Step two: do a kick. Step three: tombstone. They don't. They don't kick. Yeah, they do. Oh proper. man, you know nothing about strong style. They can get their legs high enough, can they? <laughs> oh, you're crazy. So. <laughs> I would go for, can I have some, instead of an amp that Matt got for free on his choices, can I have some sort of recording device? Yeah, sure. Oh. So I would go for... Amplitude. I would go for you a... You have an iRig. I would go for a telly. Yeah. That's, Cu- that's not an amp. Custom Samsung. Shop, custom shop telly. Samsung custom shop television. Uh, I would go for Line 6 Helix. 
Okay. Because, right. because no, you wouldn't. I would. No, a, you a wouldn't. Telly and a healer. No, yeah. you wouldn't. Mark, you wouldn't, is, you wouldn't know how to turn on a healer. Listen, this is supposed to be this is supposed to be the Katana podcast, Wait. not the Katana lie cast. Wait. You're not, you wouldn't get a helix. I would, and I shall tell you for why. So I'd get a nice guitar, which would be a custom shop telly, because, you know, really good. I'd get a helix for some amp modelling capabilities, <laughs> and that's probably got an octave down on it, right? Uh, yeah, it's got everything on it. I'd imagine it's got everything, um, yeah. And the third thing would be some sort of electronic drum kit. Then I could record some demos. I've got a whole evening to myself to record some music. Right. Got something to record on to. Uh-huh. Amazing. Yeah, but you wouldn't do that. Why, Why not? Be- because we're in your living room at the moment, and there are no recording devices in here. Yeah, I've got a laptop. We're using it right now. <clears throat> I also <clears throat> don't have an electronic drum kit because they're actually still quite noisy. Yeah, I'd quite like it. I looked into getting an electronic drum kit a little while ago, and because I live on the... You know, second story of a block of flats, and everything uh-huh. is. Oh, go on. Uh, um, Luke Taft, a friend of ours. A friend of ours is in a <laughs> For band. Anyone listening? Yeah. No, one, no one knows who that is. Yeah. Uh, he's in a band with my girlfriend, and um, he lives with the drummer in that band. Mm-hmm. And they have turned one of their rooms in their flat into a record, uh, into a, a practice room. I don't know if you've seen Jay's flat. It's yeah. like a shoebox. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not a shoebox but the only room that I have spared to turn into anything is the toilet yeah that's true that's true but, but yeah, yeah. But so mean, what, they've built a, they've you won't built need to get a drum stool yeah. <laughs> a drum throne yeah they've built, a, uh, they've built a little stage for the drum kit to go on so that it doesn't oh very interesting um, even so if I was in here recording music and there was that constant like slapping on the pads the whole time Ella would go mental and probably the rest of the neighbours around know. as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like the I, I really like the idea of learning how to play the drums, and I have the utmost respect for anybody who is a drummer, anybody who puts themselves through like the complete gnaws of being of a learning the most inconsiderate uh, instrument to oh, learn. Yeah, it's obnoxious. B having to carry around the most amount of stuff. C being the person that everyone takes the mick out of, like takes you know, just you have, you get, you get you get so much hassle for being a drummer. You also like people, the the same people who rip on you for being a drummer are the people who are constantly like, oh, actually, uh, yeah, I'm just starting up this new band and I kind of need a drummer, you know. So you've got to deal with that as well. How do, how why does anybody end up being a drummer? Like I've no I, idea. I, I've the utmost respect for like I'm, a good drummer. I mean, it's the best instrument. And you can't practice. You can't practice anyway. It's the best instrument instrument to play. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's the most fun. I mean, guitar's wicked in that. Obviously, we're doing the guitar notes podcast. Put, but I suppose you could put pedals to drums if you bought like some sort of electronic drum kit. You could. You could very much. I so, do, Matt, I do like you could still be new... a drummer and get to use the pedals that you love so dear. Actually, funny enough, I did see a thing that I think was released at CES um, at the beginning of January, which is this new acoustic percussion thing, which is like um, one of those hang drums, you know, like those metal drums that you see spiritual people play. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But actually, you know, they'd they'd somehow worked a way that it was all... um, mixed into a little mixer with an output and then they were running it through an electroharmonics um 16 second delay and looper and it sounded amazing and i was like oh maybe i need to get into like percussion and get some like just like just just something else to run through effects well buy one of those akai drum sample uh the sample pads it's like a four Uh, pad thing you can 
Yeah, of course he did. Of course. This leads us very well into the first thing that I wanted to talk about this evening, which is the fact that in the post uh, a couple of days ago, I received the Beat Buddy, uh, which is a guitar pedal. Yeah. It's a drum machine. So the Beat is Buddy it, was a was a Kickstarter thing, wasn't it? Don't know. I'm pretty yeah, sure, yeah, the, I'm be- sure it was. the Beat it Buddy was a, was yeah, a Kickstarter was, yeah. <clears throat> okay. or an Indiegogo. It was it was one of those, yeah. and you you had to pledge, you pledged to buy it, and then you could only buy it direct from them. Okay, because uh, when I was working in a guitar shop, I had quite a lot of people coming up to me being like, "Oh, when you know, can I get a Beat Buddy?" And we couldn't get them because they were they were selling direct, and they didn't do any discounts for shops, so you could only buy them straight from them. But um, so I've never used one. Okay, um, so in what way is it different from a trio? Uh, so it's just drum pans. There's no uh, there's no bass. It, it, no doesn't, it doesn't learn. It doesn't learn effectively because the trio is a very very like simple looper in the fact that it yeah. learns the chords that you're playing. But the drums, to be honest, the drum sounds for the trio I found compared oh. to the beat buddy. From what I've heard, the drum sounds on the beat buddy sound way more the beat buddy like, true to life. The beat buddy is sounds the drum sounds like you say sounds so much better yeah I, I mean how how good can drum sounds be when they're coming through a guitar amp well I mean the idea you could put it through a PA it's two outputs right oh, okay um, so <clears throat> what is clever about it is that it's got transitions and stuff so the one that we just received is the newest unit which is the Beat Buddy Mini I think it's called it's the smaller version um and so it's single foot switch, but with that foot switch, you can do things like hold it down for a, like a drum fill, and then at the end of oh, the really? bar that you're in, it'll do a, a fill. You can double tap for like endings and startings and, yeah. and things like that. So it's not just you're not just playing to the same beat yeah. over and over again. Um, and you can connect a two button foot switch, which allows you to patch up and down, and you can save your patches, I believe, in an order that you want. So you've got like, this is my punk verse. I yeah. hit the button. This is the punk chorus. This is the middle eight I'm going back to the verse uh, have you ever written a punk song before mate yeah middle eight middle I'm eight. all over the middle eights I love the middle eights um, playing your band yeah there's no middle eights in my but you know um, so yeah the beat buddy was actually <coughs> kind of much better than I expected it to be yeah I mean I found that with the um, trio as well though well, I mean I think both of these things have got sort of limitations yeah um, in that like the the trio is the trio is very very cool and very weird um hence why it was ended up in our weirdest gear thing. yeah and i think actually it may have been the catalyst for us including a weirdest gear category no miku oh the miku okay yeah but the um the the trio the drum sounds are pony okay really really pony but i think the bass sounds in the um in the trio work really well yeah. which i think is one of the reasons that i it, think that it works so well it's, i think i was going to say i think the 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 amazing thing about the trio more than anything is that yeah the sounds aren't great but the actual like way it creates things is so impressive like the way it creates bass lines oh, is like yeah. ridiculous because they don't they're like they're like almost like a proper written bass line yeah like not oh, just like oh, well, we'll just add in like an extra fifth every so often or something like that it's like proper like noodly little bass lines and they potentially put Joe Brandon out of a job so win-win everyone should buy one I mean one. as soon as as soon as Digitech create a pedal that comes up with wacky catchphrases we don't need him anymore we're just gonna hit that button constantly <laughs> send him to the broom in the back of the vet's office <laughs> 
I think um, love is misery. The, I think with the full size, because <laughs> I think with the full size beat buddy, it's MIDI as well. Yes. So in theory, oh, you could hook God. it up to the ES8, and then as you change guitar sounds, it will also change drum beats as well. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yes. Um, but that's care about cool, MIDI. Because <clears throat> the thing is, that's cool though. Because you know, for a chorus, you might want distortion. Where for a first part, you might want delay. So you can't press both and still be in time with the beat buddy so patch it into the SA hit one switch and you've instantly gone from your rock chorus to your quiet verse yeah I'm into it Joe we now, we now no, no longer need a bassist or a drummer so sweet no. yeah we just have an octave down pedal that's fine <laughs> and uh, and the beat buddy job done yeah um, so Matt we're going to do a demo on that towards the end of the month oh god I better learn how to play in time <laughs> <laughs> I was I was kind of playing with it the weekend and I was like I need to sharpen up a little bit because my timing is not so good. The police are after me because <laughs> the timing is so criminal. <laughs> no. Um, no Hi. One, um One of the other things I've been looking at this week uh, is the uh, two-note amp stuff. Um, and Matt, you've been kind of looking at it as well. We've been looking for a solution for recording better pedal dem- demos um, yeah. without having to mic up an amp because... Firstly, none of our home spaces are kind of suited to turning an amp up very loud. And also, it introduces problems with, you know, you're taking into account the room, the microphone you're using, um, where the amp is in the room, which want a nice, simple box to basically plug a pedal into that's going to sound good. And you think you've come up with a solution. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's so, it's, I was thinking about it a lot, and I think it's so tricky, because like all the demos I watch, like someone's using a different guitar, a different you know different amp different mic placements and then you almost don't know how much like pre-production's gone into it or like how good the quality of the preamps the interface they're using yeah. like someone could be using like a thousand pound interface and it's like everything's going to sound like much better through that so i was thinking about using a reamp box or you know um some sort of low box and obviously we've tried things like the red box but we needed something more consistent and um I was talking to some people about some of the two notes like reload boxes that allow like um, instant reamping so you can not only you know use it as a load box for your head but you can go out to USB and fire audio back through it and I was like yeah but then we still need to take an amp to demo so they do something called the torpedo cab which is basically a, a power amp and speaker simulator um, that goes direct into a mixer or, or an interface and it sounds really good like watch some of the demos and uh, I think I'm going to borrow one and see how I get on with it. But it's no like preamp; it's just like mic placement, power amp, and the, so there is a preamp speaker. in there, but there's one sound basically. Yeah. So you you've got a generic guitar amp sound, uh, and then you can have different speaker combinations, and you can plug it into yeah. the computer and design the kind of room that it's in. Because we don't really want something that particularly colours the sound amp wise, do we? We we want something fairly flat that. We yeah. can just plug pedals into and do and do demos. Yeah, because I think I think that's even with guitars or even um, you know with anything that we want to demo. It's just it's got to be as kind of un sort of touched as possible, almost in terms of because as soon as you run it through an amp, someone's going to say, "Oh, but can you run it through this amp or you know yeah. whatever?" So it's kind of trying to please everyone in one go. And I think actually with the USB. I think you can download other cab models or other yeah. you know, like other speaker models and you can reamp as well. So I think you can kind of so would there audio be, back through it. Potentially, would there be a way for, for, for example, if somebody wanted us to, could we send over the file and they could then run that 
through their amp. Your demo through their amp. Uh, Potentially. I, I mean, not that I wonder I'm, if it, I wonder not if I'm I, in the interest of opening up loads of work for... For oh, you, I, Mark, if someone goes like, oh, I'd like to run this, can you send me the file so I can run it potentially, through my Potentially, like, you could... It depends for what dry audio it records. If it's just recording the input signal, so the guitar being played into the pedal, into the two note, yeah. and then into the computer, but it doesn't record... If there's a way to set it so it doesn't record any of the modelling that the two note is doing, yeah. then yes, it will be a guitar yeah. going into the pedal I, just dry. Like, yeah. So potentially, I thinking, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, maybe we could, maybe we could do. So if people want to hear a Boss DS1 or whatever, or yeah. whatever, we could maybe. we could make both files available. We could make it available so that you can hear that into the two notes with the modelling, and also just, just the try. the dry signal available, so mm. that we could put that up for download and people could download it themselves and you know put it straight into their amp, and they can then hear what it would actually sound like. With There's Matty potential playing. in that idea. Yeah, I, th- I, my, think that's, uh, I think that's cool. My thought was, you know, because we're using a, a Zoom H6 as almost like a like a mixer. You could <laughs> um, go, you know, into straight one into the torpedo, into one input, and then straight in via the other output in in completely dry. And then you can always add other speaker models at a later date. Because um, if you go in via USB, you can change stuff in real time. But I'm pretty sure you can fire audio back through it. So you could change. In theory, you could change what cab it sounded sounded with as well. So if someone's like, "Oh, so what would it sound like with greenbacks or greenbacks or yeah. you know through a six L six power amp yeah. or an EL thirty four power amp?" Interesting. There's definitely things we can do with this. Maybe that's something we can <laughs> offer. They get people are getting a little behind the scenes here. Yeah, now. sorry. I guess yeah. we maybe should have had this conversation also, earlier. <laughs> it, also, it means that we can demo stuff with kind of maybe amps that it's sort of designed to go with. Like some pedals are kind of, you know, designed to go maybe into a Marshall that's being slightly pushed rather yeah. than like a completely clean Fender. So it also means that we potentially, for everyone, get better demos on any pedal that we yeah, use. Yeah, well, the two-note won't let us do that because obviously it's got no preamp modelling in there. So mm. it's got no amp modelling. It's got speaker modelling. I think it's got some sort of... I'm sure it's got some sort of... I think there's maybe some power amp stuff. Yeah, there's some power amps, which I think model sort of slightly different valve types. But yeah, there's no, like, preamp types. Okay. So, basically, we've been very impressed by the uh, the two-note stuff so far, and I think this is going to be the solution. But, um, yeah, if you borrow one, Matt, and see how we get on. Yeah. um, I think it's going to be... And it's got MIDI, so, you know, you can... Oh, God. I might just get t-shirts printed that say and it's got dot 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 and it's got midi yeah that's that's what we need that's the next it's got midi got midi question oh, that's it. yes oh, I don't yes. like that at all I don't like that at yes, all yes I like this a lot I think we've just designed the second guitar nerds t-shirt <laughs> awful if you want a got midi question mark t-shirt please let us know in the Facebook group because I'm, I think that's good enough to get it printed. <laughs> it's not very guitar-y, though. Just a great yeah, big, but it is a great big thirteen-pin. <laughs> yeah. However, or no, we just it just says got, and then it has the actual MIDI logo, and then a question mark. Yeah, I'm sure that the people that own the MIDI trademark uh, no would be one, completely fine with that. I mean, we've already ripped off Run DMC, so well, yeah, I suppose. Um, um, actually, that's a good point, though, because for live use, you could actually then have no amplifier, just an ES8, and that. Well, that, the, that's right the idea the behind it. That's the idea yeah. behind the two-note is that one of the things they suggest you can do, as well as doing recording either via the audio outputs or USB, 
you could just go straight into a PA because obviously yeah. all it's doing is replacing the amp and a microphone. So because um, I actually had a chance to have a go on um, some of the new atomic <laughs> um, powered um, monitors designed okay. for Kemper, um, the atomic uh, amplifier. Um, things like the Axe FX, and they sound really good. Yeah. Like, you know how a lot of times you get something like a pod, for example, and just plug it into the return of an effects loop or straight into the front end of an amp and maybe turn the speaker modelling off? And and it, it sounds okay, it sounds usable, but you know when you plug straight back in, you're like, I, I can hear what difference all the valves and everything are making. Yeah. Going through this cabs, it just, like, opens everything up. It makes everything sound super realistic because they're completely flat-range powered monitors. I guess it's a bit like designed for guitarists. I guess a bit like that Laney thing that you've got. Yeah, yeah, same sort of thing, but a much, much higher quality. These are like seven, eight hundred quid. Right. So it's like a real investment. Obviously, if you spent a uh, fifteen hundred quid on a Kemper, you know, you are effectively getting a, a pretty expensive rig. Yeah, considering that it'd probably sound best if you bought two as well. <laughs> of course, you know, run it in stereo. I'll go. I'll have eight. Just yeah. I, want, I want I want true quadraphonic stereo. Yeah, yeah, quadraphonic stereo. Just eight speakers around me. I'm into it. Um, what's everyone else been up to? <laughs> Talked about the beat buddy and the two note, but um, what have you boys been up to? Who who are you going to? Well, either of you. That doesn't matter. Joe, after you. Uh, I'm going to buy a new bass. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> what? what? I've been streamlining for like half a year. That's T-shirt number three. <clears throat> I'm going to buy a new bass. Uh, well, I am. I'm going to buy a new bass. And, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've cut down. I sold some stuff. I sold my la- I sold my Billy Sheen signature. Did you? Yamaha. It's gone. That's gone. Yeah, that's, that's wow. gone. Okay. I, um, I, popped into, uh, I popped into the local shop uh, the other day and saw the limited edition Attitude oh, yeah. bass yeah. that's there. Yeah, that's good. Still ridiculous. <sighs> two two grand. It's yeah. a lot of money for those are cool. The the, the new the new attitudes are um I have that uh the wood treatment that Yamaha do to their the ARE. ARE, yeah, which is the Our artificial aging of the uh, artificial relicking <coughs> enhancements. That's not what it is, but okay. but yeah, they, that's, they 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 basically put the slabs of wood pre-cut into this uh, thing that looks like something out of Doctor Who, this weird pod thing. Oh, and uh, six pod. Oh, oh Christ! And uh, and and it creates oh, uh-huh. Reavers evil. No, and it, um, it it puts loads of loads of heat and loads of pressure on the wood, and it crystallizes all the sap, which is what Yamaha believe make older instruments sound better than new instruments Andy's rampant energy they're made of older they're made of older yeah are they yeah that's good yeah they are so anyway I'm buying a new bass (laughs) go on what bass are you getting Joe is it a a Yamaha do you know a funny thing about the Yamaha attitude basses they've got this slight aging technology that Yamaha (laughs) says really good um, What's it called, Mark? It's called ARE. Really? It stands That's for. That's really interesting. It stands for Andrew's Real Elephant. That's uh, cool. And what they do <laughs> is they only choose wood from mm-hmm. the trees that Andrew's Real Elephant yeah. has like can't shown reach, an, can't reach, shown an interest in because right. it's like um, what was that German octopus? The, uh, yes, pull, pull the octopus. <laughs> And it's like they know when this elephant, Andrew's real elephant, picks out a good bit of wood. Um, that's what that's what you got to do. Pull the octopus. On this a... is the last time we're letting you podcast on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I was just last week was low energy, and this week I've had a lot of biscuits and a lot of MDMA. And we're ready to go, Joe. Yeah. yeah. 
What what P bass are you buying? <laughs> I'm not buying a P bass. What jazz bass are you I'm buying? I'm buying a jazz bass. Okay, yeah. what jazz bass are you um, buying? Um, I'm I'm not going for a Fender. I'm buying a Sire. Oh, oh you, say, we, you said this last. We talked about this last week. We didn't talk about it. We last did. Week. No, I didn't have a chance to mention it properly, and we then spoke about it. No, we spoke about it in our meeting. Which Ex- wasn't a podcast. Explain what they it was are. A meeting. Explain what they are. Right. So, Sire are this um, a, a relatively Simon's irritable <laughs> red ear. <laughs> Jesus. Go. Sire um, are this new sort of um, uh, base. Uh, manufacturing company sort of uh, <laughs> they do budget instruments but that sound makes them sound rubbish they, they do really they, they've Base. Been, <laughs> they've been working on a way to make um, sort of high quality instruments affordable so um, their instruments so uh, they're building them in China well they're, they're, I mean you know <laughs> I think it's Indonesian actually I'm not sure right, but, okay. but um, the unlike for example Squire who on their on their entry level, which is around the sort of price points of these things, most of the um, the side bases uh, are between two hundred and eighty and say three hundred and fifty pounds. Right. Okay. So it's around sort of squire. So it's like classic vibe. Vin- so it's like yeah. top classic end. Vibe, it's like wicked. Mod. Yeah. Yeah. Because the stuff that but, you pay you pay three hundred quid for a, a a bass that comes from or an instrument that comes from China or Indonesia. Um, or, or Korea, not so much Korea. Not so anymore. much Korea. You need to Just pay the more for Korea. But China, yeah, China, China or Indonesia, you're going to get a great instrument. Well, great that's instrument. true. That's true. And the Squire stuff is great. But what they often do is sacrifice out the woods that we would expect to see. So we see mm. a lot more bass wood, a lot more agathis, um, things like that tend to be used on the um, on on the Squires, the Vint mod. Certainly, all the fretless stuff ended up using that. Um, what was the the fretboard called, Mark? Oh yeah, that one. Um, Ebonol or Ebonite. The, do you know what they did Ebonol. to that wood? What? <laughs> they sort of aged him. <laughs> oh, God. Ebonol, Ebonol is, the, uh, is the cheap one. Ebonol, yeah. which is, yeah, reconstituted ebony. Um, but, yeah, they. so what Sire do is they use they use proper, you can buy, they do they do uh, jazz basses and you can buy them in ash or you can buy them in alder and with uh, solid maple or rosewood necks, uh, with, uh, fretboards. Um and they managed to get Marcus Miller on board to, to come oh, into wow. okay. partnership with them. So Marcus Miller <laughs> left Fender and moved to Sire. And Sire don't manufacture these bases under the name Sire. They manufacture them under the, the headstock name is Marcus Miller. So they are oh, really? the Marcus Miller V7s. And yeah, so they will say Marcus Miller on the headstock. I really like the look of the headstock. But even things down to like the preamp and the, and the electronics, certainly on, they're all active and passive. They're switchable between active and passive, which you can't, you don't get on Fender until you get up to the now departed Deluxe series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but used to be a feature on the Marcus Millers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But also, um, another thing active bases would suffer from at the cheaper end would be they'd only have two band EQs. Yes. Normally. Well, this has a three-band EQ and a mid-shift as well. Okay. As well as being active and passive, as well as being available in great colours and you know d- decent woods and stuff. It's it, it's ridiculous. And and things like um, the one that I'm getting is a black taut guard rosewood neck with pearl block inlays. Nice. You know. What's what's passive. the money? 
Uh, it's two hundred and eighty-nine pounds. Wow, that's good. I, what? I, I can only get them from um, Toman at the moment, so it's going to be my first dealings with uh, okay. with them. But yeah, two hundred and eighty-nine pounds for that. The premium, it's really cheap. The premium four-string that they do in that series is the one that Marcus Miller plays, which is an ash one in natural finish with a maple neck and pearl block inlays. That that's, sounds cool. That's three hundred and twenty pounds. Wow. Is so. Is a question for you. If Marcus Miller is now essentially producing bases under his own name, is he still a Fender in Dorsey? No, no. He's when no, did that he has been for a while. Yeah, really? a couple, a couple of years. When did they stop doing those then? I heard about these sire bases maybe well, two no, when did, years when ago. Did, when did the Marcus Miller base Pro- stop probably being a thing? When he announced he was doing this sire thing, he was probably not an in Dorsey and then they were selling <laughs> the last of the stock. Wow, okay. I would imagine. I don't I know I really that, but... liked that. That Marcus Miller range, I thought was brilliant. Well, this is this is it. That and that's kind of the, the other thing Miller. is is actually if you if Marcus Miller was was kind of quite separate from a lot of other um, active bass players in that he still liked really traditional things. So it, things like it having like a gloss finished neck and stuff were were so unique to the, to the Marcus Miller model, and it's great that that has carried on in the Marcus Miller sire bases. Is they are vintage looking, vintage feeling bases yeah. that offer you like all the options you could possibly want if you're an active player and if you're a passive player you know it's there for you as well oh that's the other thing I forgot it's double active so it's 18 volt as well what yeah oh wow it's like these are these are features that you don't see on anything for less than 1500 quid and um, you know it's 280 pounds for the basic one when I go to co-op and try and buy two nine volt batteries, they nearly cost about two hundred eighty nine pounds. So, <laughs> not really sure how they can how they can do it for that money. So, Jay Cross, what have you been up to? Um, what have I been up to? Not a huge amount this week. Um, have you done anything guitar related? Have I done anything guitar related this week? Uh, I don't know if I have. I've got to be honest. <laughs> Sweet. Um. Thanks for having me along, guys. Yeah, it's all right. It was fine. We just like watching you drink beer and laugh It's been a Branton. good run, Jay, but... Uh, yeah, it's just to want you to know this is an intervention. Is this uh, what it is? Okay, fine. What, time a, to... And no guitar in... Uh, yeah, yeah. you need to start playing more guitar. Well, I mean, guitar. at least two of my guitars are with Joe. That's so, true. Oh, they are still there, yeah. yeah. Well, then, I mean... What guitar have you got left at your house? Uh, I've got my double cut uh, Les Paul... My double cut Gibson Les Paul Special. Okay. Oh, and uh, that, and that really nice little um, that baby acoustic. Taylor, isn't it? Yeah, I that. also have I also have a really nice baby Taylor. I've got um, you stole my, that from Mark. Didn't I didn't you? steal it from Mark. Don't bring this. No don't, comment. Don't bring this back in. I didn't steal it from Mark. He gave it to me because I helped him move house. Uh, and I've got my P bass as well. Um, but actually, I've been having some. I've, I've been sort of feeling a little bit like I. I really want to start playing in a band again, and I only played. I think I only played. Uh, I think I played seven shows last year, which is not not what S- I want to be doing. Six more than me. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Seven I mean, more than Matt. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I really want to. Hey, you don't know. I'm. I could be doing secret gigs. I really want to be doing secret gigs. But I could Matt. be. So this year, I want to. I want to. I want to do a bit. A bit more than that. So I've been. Uh, I've been talking with. Uh, with a couple of my mates about sort of starting something up again. So, um, watch this space. The other thing that I did this week... Sorry, Joe, were you back? I was just going to say, I remembered that I have a warning. About what? Um, for people. Okay. Live without warning. Live without warning, yeah. Uh, a basics warning. Okay. 
What have you done? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I read somewhere that you could saw a little bit off the bottom. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no um, that makes me sore. <laughs> Jesus. Right. I um, yeah. I I I sent my base in uh, for a setup, and I picked up a set of Ernie Ball. Um, uh, Base strip, base six strings uh, for it to be set up with, and um, shortly later I received a picture from the tech um, holding the strings up to the headstock with a message saying there might be a problem because past the first two strings they didn't reach up. Sweet, what did what? you try and put on there? Yeah, um, Ernie Ball's standard base six strings are not suitable for no, Fender, but yeah, I, that doesn't yeah. make sense no, because. Only ball music what are they man. made for then? Music Man do their own base six, which is the silhouette, which is a four by two, and oh. it's half an inch shorter in scale. Uh, and so yeah, it's it um, yeah, so it their strings don't fit. So I thought I had you had a really expensive Didario. set of flat wounds on your base six. Um, the Labella ones, yeah, I took yeah. those off. <laughs> <laughs> did you take them off? Or did too you cut them off? To play. Um, no, I took them off because uh, the Squire couldn't deal with. Um, tension the tension yeah, mm. yeah flat wounds always problematic um, even with a decent setup um, didn't try I wanted to put some any balls on there yeah. instead well I just I know I wanted some round wounds to be honest on it so for, what, for a bit so what, I still have those strings I can still put them back on I mean they're flat wounds so they last forever yeah 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 so what, what can, can you use the, the, the Diodario do a set yeah Diodario do a set yeah. so I've, I've changed to those good um, old Diodario I don't like using Diodario they're not rock and roll enough what no, I think Diodario are very rock and roll wrote a sound they're like they're no Diodario are a bit like the pro audio brand of strings no no I disagree see I actually think that Diodario are I think they are sort of the ones pushing forward with and I realise this is oh, a very boring conversation to have but I think Diodario are the ones who are pushing forward with sort of string technology oh you're absolutely right yeah if I you mean, uh, remember balance tension and what well, a complete yeah, failure no balance tension strings oh, are cool balance tension the best strings I've uh, ever played they're the bass oh, strings that I use you took them off though you took them off your bass no I didn't didn't you I just 50 to 120s just, they're amazing I just at the time I was getting some from Diodario for a reduced cost and then that stopped because I changed jobs so I just and I had some early balls kicking around. I I, I would one hundred percent buy them again. They're the I best use the, bass strings. I use the the Diodario Balance Tension bass strings. The fifty to one twenties. They sound amazing. They fit. They don't feel like you're playing because what I had been doing previously was using a was buying um, a set of five string strings and then just not using what was supposed to be the G. You know you can get like heavy gauge four string sets. Not <laughs> heavy enough. He's right, not heavy enough. The and the, and 120 the, is not is surely not suitable for... Unless it is, you are but that's tuning. what's, but no, that's yeah, what's good play, about the balance that's tension. What's good about, yeah, yeah, you play, you play an E with the, the balance tension 50 to 120s, they sound amazing. That's um, exactly what I wanted. And the thing is, is that I always used to... Like a 105 or a 110, I, I, break, I break it, I go straight through it. The 120 is perfect because even playing an E, I won't break it because I, I play very, very... Play really hard aggressively. Yeah, I I really miss having those fifty to one twenties. I need to get some more of those. Yeah, they yeah. sound they awesome. sound so much better. Awesome and I, so I think I think Diodario are the ones pushing forward with string technology. And I know that you might be like, oh no, but I like the past. I like the fifties, except for the active technology <laughs> and all of these cool colours. 
my name's Joe Branton. Um, you know, talking about Daddario pushing forward, if you go to the YouTube channel this week, youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos, uh, there's going to be a competition to give some away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't actually, I haven't decided how we're going to do it yet. We might do it in the Facebook group. I might point yeah, people in the from group. YouTube to the Facebook group. Let's do so it in the Facebook We'll do it in the Facebook group at some point this week. Competition. Yeah. Oh. Indeed. Win. There, uh, we talked about this last week. They're a top secret Daddario string that's not, top secret. not released yet. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yeah, they want you to win a set and... Um, Unreleased. And give some feedback. Feedback. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> exactly what I wanted. And um, The other thing that I did this week uh, was I found a video of a school performance that I did in oh, yeah, 1999 where, <laughs> where my band is playing Green Onions so it's good yeah, you showed this to us uh, last week you made me and Jay sit and watch it yeah I was playing a Washburn XB120 bass don't know what that is uh, active two humbucker oh that's awful yep, that's you my, played an active my bass my first ever bass that. Who you, played bought an, active you bass? bought an active bass as your first bass I went to a less than reputable shop in Denmark Street and, oh did you yeah and said, not in Burgess Hill not, the, not uh, in Burgess not the rock shop the rock shop classic. Was, the rock shop was great um, no I went to a yeah, less than reputable shop in uh in Denmark Street and basically went oh I don't really know what to get and because the internet isn't really around I don't know how to do any research or anything and the guy just went oh yeah we got that it's on a deal it was definitely just that they the had too many margin. yeah highest it's, margin it's getting, it's getting an active bass as your first bass the equivalent of getting a seven string as your first electric guitar it, it wasn't yeah, my yeah. first guitar <laughs> <laughs> it was my second guitar to be fair it wasn't re- well, it was the first bass that I owned but I borrowed an Ibanez Roadster for a long time before that so. Classic, classic series, classic Ibanez yeah. series, the Roadster. Yeah, really good. I really want to get one of those bases again. I, I used to have one of those. We spoke about that. Did, did I ever tell you that when I went to buy my first proper guitar? So after my first guitar was a court. When I went to buy my, uh, and I bought that from just like a you know one of those like sort of like mini like music shops just tucked away, which uh, um, had later down the line had a full Marshall <laughs> Jubilee stack for seven hundred quid. What? Um, what? Yeah, I wish I had the money to buy it then. A full um, stack? Yeah, what, so two 4x12s? It was, actually, it was actually the smaller series, which was the two... Two 2x12s? Two 2x12s in like a <laughs> mi- in mini force. I remember stand. those, yeah. In like it, they were like diagonal shaped and then it had the 25 watt head on top. Oh, that is amazing. Weird. Um, but yeah, when I went to buy my first proper guitar, I had the choice between the Fender... Um, 
strat that I bought, the Lone Star strat, yeah, because it had the humbucker in the bridge, or the Ibanez Ergodyne, like, yes, oh, man. whatever it was, which they were the carbon, like, yes. not carbon fiber, they were like those. the weird, like, lucite bodies, like glue bodies. Yeah, they were called lucite, I think, is what they yeah. called it, yeah. This would wonder be, how different it would have been. This would be such a different podcast if you'd, if you'd come with that one. There's, like, mate, I, I'm willing to put a fair amount of money in the fact that I don't think we'd be mates if you'd gone with the uh, if you'd gone with the blue pill <laughs> when is your 30th birthday Matt that's all I'm asking because maybe we could have a little whip round and see if we can change the past maybe I'll see if I can find one on eBay I wonder how much they're going for these days do it the Ergodyne bases were like the biggest thing when they came out when they like everyone all were of they, a sudden were they had... called ERG 140s yeah. or something and, like. and around the time that they were um, they were around. I was on the. Um, I was like playing in punk bands, and punk bands. Started oh, loads to use of people them. had them, loads yeah, because they came in really bright colours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orange. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's the same reason that like a lot of bands from around that period were playing like um, Ibanez, like um, Roadsters and stuff. No, like um, RG five fifty and yeah, pink and yeah, stuff yeah. like, like that. We we played with a band who were using who both of them were using Ibanez. Um, RG like cheap RGs in bright colours what band was that when when I played in your band the band that played before us oh yeah that, that wasn't then that was like no I know but like bands two months still ago. use those uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying they like, were old punk rockers weren't they yeah. who were still clinging on to their Ibanez RGs yeah really weird really weird um, should we do some news news yes. man Couple of bits this week um, because uh, obviously we are coming up to NAM, so people are getting their stuff out of the way early, or some stuff is kind of like sort of leaking early. So here's the thing: I don't really, <clears throat> I don't really understand the etiquette when it comes to when it comes to this sort of thing with NAM. Is that obviously the idea is that the spotlight is all around NAM, and it's all around it's all around people being like, okay, cool. We're gonna have our big product launch at NAM, but it, but then there are some people like, for example, we're gonna talk about electroharmonics. We're gonna talk about a couple of other people who go, well, quickly, let's get our let's get our like you know let's get our announcement in quickly, yeah, so that people find out about it first. But are the people, say, for example, people like us who are you know a little bit more nerdy than your average guitar player? If, for example, Electroharmonics announce a new pedal, are we going to be like, oh man, I've got to go and quickly get my pre-order in now and beat the rush? Or are they going to be like, mm, actually, I'll wait until the rest of the announcements come out and then I'll go for one of those and then get swept up in all the excitement of, for example, MXR bringing out a pedal? I don't really understand the etiquette and why, pe- why people announce stuff at this time. Or is it just, it's it's the, the 11th of the month and so... Uh, Electroharmonics have to announce a new pedal. Yeah, yeah, because they did one yesterday and yeah. the one the day before, so yeah. another one needs to come out. What I think it is is that NAM now starts in, on January the first. What? Right, and it just and it just all of January is like NAM hype, new gear, NAMuary, NAMuary indeed. Um, and the actual event, like obviously back in the day, it would have been guitar mags go to or whoever goes <laughs> to NAM does their reports and then the mag that comes out in February or end well, of February yeah February March is look what was at NAM this year yeah and then that would have given t- companies time to actually produce it and have it on shop shop shelves in a month or so you know a month after that 
And that model kind of works. What you've got now is people are bringing products out of NAM. There's people on the floor straight away snapping pictures going, check on out, the we, floor. we tried this prototype model. This is now. what it sounds like. Um, and But the product isn't ready for another four mm. months, six months, Sometimes 12 months. Sometimes it doesn't months, even come out. Two years. Sometimes it doesn't even come out. So I think the companies that are getting in early are the ones that have got product to go basically they're just they know there's going to be companies at NAM who are going to do big announcements and won't have anything to sell for months so people like Electronics, like we'll talk about it in a minute but the new Leslie simulators the Leicester G&K are basically are in shops in America already are they already out? yeah right yeah. Um, so and again you know we're <laughs> going to talk about it in a minute but you know PRS CE24s they're out you know shops are doing demos and stuff in store and I think they're on shop shelves so I think if you've got product to sell doing it before is a very very wise idea because you're you know you're not relying on people like like for the products that come out of NAM, they're not going to be out for a while people are going to have to sit on that money you might as well get in early get their and cash jump out and, and it, yeah, because yeah. people are in this mentality of like okay it's launched at the NAM show that means it's not going to be out for five six months that means the money I've got saved up now if the product is available, I might just get one of those. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's and that's the thing that I find very weird about, you know, NAM being at the time that it is, and I think that, I think that things will change. But well, because because the, the, the whole idea of it being now, and I think that the mentality that a lot of people, again, like us, people who you know care about guitars and care about weird guitar stuff. Is will be like okay, well, I'm not going to spend too much money at Christmas because Nam is just around the corner. Yeah, and then it's and then something amazing gets announced at Nam, and then it's like okay, cool. Well, I'll get my pre-order in. Oh, it's not going to be here for six months. But then you're like, well, actually, but the, it's only it's only a couple of months till Christmas. But don't Do you know forget what, I mean? what like, the purpose of Nam is. Nam is a trade show, and it's always well, been a trade show. Well, um, yes, it's not Comic Con. The- yes, you know. in theory, it's a trade of course, show. Of course, but I think it's becoming more like Comic Con. Of course, but that's the reason that it's in January. Is that okay? Christmas is out of the way. Retailers are going right, and retailers and distributors are going right. What are we doing for Christmas <laughs> this year? Yeah. What have companies got coming out this year? then that's why NAMM's in January. Which I think is a very good point in theory, but yeah, I don't yeah. think that's... I don't think... And I think that NAMM maybe aren't... Like, haven't caught up with the fact that that's not what's going on now. Well, now it's becoming a lot more like... No, the... Pro- for example, like, it's becoming a lot more, as you said, like Comic-Con. But the problem is that they're trying to serve two audiences. They're trying to serve people that are on, the consumer online. Market. They're trying to serve the consumer market, you know, like people like you and I who are online. What's the news from now and what's coming out? But they're also dealing with, you know, um, the head of buying at Guitar Centre, mm. who's probably not even a guitar player. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, or yeah. might not be a guitar player. Or, you know, Walmart or Asda or wherever who's going, right, okay, I'm in charge of musical instruments for Amazon, let's say. Um, I don't know anything about guitars. I'm going to book meetings with Fender, Gibson, Ibanez, you know, all the big companies at NAM, and I'll make my buy... I want to see what they've got over the next year so I can book my purchases yeah. in. They don't, they don't care about, you know, Strymon or whatever doing a product launch. Um, but that big buying event has to happen in January yeah I suppose yeah 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 so that's the that's what the problem is is that it's not a you know it's a trade show it's not a consumer show 
because it has to be for the big bo- big the, box the, people. The big, yeah, okay. And the, yeah, but that's, yeah, but that's why other little guitar shows are doing really well. Like I just saw a thing about the London Guitar Show, which is in end of February, something like that. Okay. Yes. Um, which is supposed to be really good. And, you know, that's consumer. And, you know, things like Manson's Guitar Show and stuff like that, which is all public-facing, they all seem to be doing really well uh, because there is that I hype think, and, um, like, you know, what's on, what's coming out and things like that. I think the um, Frankfurt music show this year is going to be open to the public as well, apparently. Yeah, Um, Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. And that is kind of, by then, you would hope that companies have started to get their act together with things they announced in January. Yeah. Um, Because when's (laughs) Frankfurt, is it like April or something? It's April, I think. April, yeah. yeah. So you would think that some companies have got their product on shelves and then people can actually go and try go it, and check it out. and buy it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. again, a lot of stuff's launched there again because it's the kind of like it's really the last gasp, apart from some and them, I guess, before Christmas for people, you know, buying in, in large quantities. So, <coughs> oh, excuse me. So that's Nam. We didn't actually talk about any of the news. No. Sorry. So let's talk about the news. So <laughs> way more interesting find, than that. No, I find I find the the theory and the concept a lot more interesting than the the stuff. So but there's so many new <laughs> pedals like that have, or affects database. I've just didn't have a look. I've already kind of said, oh, a company has said this or this, like without any details. Just like this stuff's coming out. There's like I think there's going to be more pedals this year than like guitars. Oh, it's amps. ridiculous. The stuff that I kind of know about a bit already. It's just overwhelming. God knows how we're going to get stuff up on the site. I'm glad it's now Joe Branton's responsibility. No, well, no, no, no. It's not. No, I thought we we agreed to share it. Oh yeah. Okay. Fine. Mainly you. I haven't been trying to do it yet, and I'm busy until after Nam. So oh, I'm just gonna watch it. Good stuff. Can we just get a live stream of Joe during just, like just during, the, during the evenings of Nam, just like crying, crying and rocking and, back and like, forth? Oh, 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 um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be busy. Anyway, first up, PRS bring back a classic model, the CE24 <laughs> Bolton. So um, discontinued, I think, in 2009. Um, CE24 was kind of uh, a kind of staple of their range for I think 10 years yeah was it that long I think it came out in yeah it came out like uh, late 80s it was like um, oh wow the first I think the first like cheaper model after obviously their standard you know just the standard customs basically um and actually, one of the first PRSs I remember playing, I think, was one of the one of the CEs because that was, I think, when um, a few other places started doing PRS before their, or just when their popularity was really taking off in like the early two thousands. Um, I remember playing one of those, and actually, like, quite a nice guitar compared to something else. Was quite different because the necks feel quite different. It's just that you know, bolt on neck that definitely makes a difference to the sound having a bolt on neck yeah. over you know obviously the the glue neck um and it's nice seeing back because i think you know a standard custom 24 is going to set you back what two seven two eight nine nine so i'd imagine these will probably be sub two thousand pounds they are off the top of my head there's something like eighteen six nine something which isn't a massive (laughs) jump up from which isn't a massive jump up from some of the top end uh fenders and you know quite a nice step down from you know, I, I suppose in line now with um, traditional Les Pauls and Les Paul standards, yep. which yeah. is where they need yeah. to be, really. Yeah. Well, so- I bet you say that, and, and Mark and I had this conversation off air a couple of days ago. It, they've sort of positioned, the, the CE has sort of positioned itself in a bit of an odd place because it's bolt-on like a Fender, 
Well, this, I mean, that's mm. kind of PRS's thing, though, isn't it? It's always that, the guitar that's in between Fender and Gibson, so... Yeah, because yeah, even so, its scale like, length is in between, isn't it? Yeah, it's a 25-inch scale length. You know, you're, the, you're t- with the CE24, which, by the way, I think is a very, very cool guitar. Yeah. Um, like, I had a go on one a couple, uh, you know, maybe six months ago, I, got, I, got, I, I played one, and I, and I thought, like, this is the sort of PRS that, like, I would play, and like Joe, generally, I don't really care about PRS. I'm not a huge fan of PRS, um, and I think the CE24 sort of, sat, I mean, not that, I mean, first of all, there's 12 frets too many, at least, you know, probably 13 okay. frets too many okay. for me, but, um, you not know, sure how that works, but <laughs> what is a 20, 24 you fret? One fret guitar? Is that because you're actually you secretly a ukulele fret. player? No. Okay. No, but, um, it's, you know, it, it, I think that the CE24 is, is a great spec, but I, I still just think it's a little bit too much money for what it is in comparison to what you... But, you know, because this is going to be... Yes, it's going to be sub two grand, but it's only going to be just sub two grand. So you're more yeah. or less at the money that you could be spending on a custom shop Strat. Sure, but what is an American Deluxe Strat? That you, or well, the, they, new, uh, the new Elite quid. series? 1,400 quid. Okay. 13, so, 1,400. So bear in mind that you're getting... You know something that people would argue is maybe a little bit more kind of hand uh, crafted. Plus, also you've got flame maple top on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few more things that, in my mind, make it kind of worthy to be you know 400 ish quid more than an American. That's a lot of money, though. It is. Yeah, it is. But then it's also much cheaper than a standard 24. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And but but my point isn't. I'm not sort of comparing it against. Um, a uh, you know a, a a twenty-four. I'm comparing it against what else you can buy for that sort of money. Sure. Like, would you buy a C twenty-four or would you buy a Gibson Les Paul traditional? I mean, personally, well, I I'd buy. The thing I'd... is, go on, Matt. I was going to say the thing is, is that you've only really had the choice of buying a Les Paul traditional. So now it gives you the you know throws another spanner in the yeah I suppose why, so uh, why yeah. does Matt sound like we're on the phone to him in 1974 because the, the internet sounds like he's phoning up from some sort of like embassy where there's been a crisis <laughs> oh no why is that what that you thought a I don't crisis know. I don't know you said like 70s there was loads of crisis in the 70s well, you, wasn't there? have you been watching that Ben Affleck I watched Argo basically oh, yeah, yeah you watched yeah, Argo yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited about Batfleck oh no point dissuading telling me that it's going to be rubbish Batfleck yeah anyway I think the point is Jay that yeah like Matt says you've now got an option but also I think a lot of PRS players the reason they would buy something like that is because that it's a more modern take on a Les Paul you know it's more slimline mm-hmm. they might want a scale length that's between the two yep. they also might want some pickups that are perhaps a little bit more versatile than yeah, the traditional yep. um, and you know a standard 24 is very expensive. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong, I understand I, I understand all of those reasons. And I guess I'm probably being argumentative for the sake of being argumentative more than anything. I understand. The, but the, I'm, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here and, and saying, you know, is it I don't know, I, I just it, it still seems for me I if they'd made the if they'd made these fifteen hundred quid, no brainer. Sure. Brilliant sure. brilliant guitar. I just but, think it's it's a little bit a little bit too much. That's my. But the then, is, that again, I, then again, I, I think that the the, the tradition, the Les Paul traditionals, are a little bit too much money. You yeah. know, and it's maybe it's just the consumer. Mm. You know, maybe we haven't caught up with 
what people are willing to spend. No, not oh, what, sorry. No, what yeah, things sure. cost. Yeah, sure, in order, sure. You know, in order for, for things to... In, in order for people to make a... You know, manufacturers to make a relatively livable wage. You know, maybe, the maybe only, we've just not caught up with that. The only criticism I've seen of it is that it uses the SE bridge. Um, right, okay, so the using, Korean bridge. Yes. Right, okay. Or the bridge from the Korean models. I don't actually know where it... Well, yeah, but that's from, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the bridge that's on the um, the guitars that again SE we've, standards. We've and... never had a bad word to say yeah. against and because they are a brilliant that's... guitar for the money. Yeah. The, uh, the the what are they the SEs and S twos. Well, the oh, the, is it on the S twos as yeah. well? Right, because wow. this is more yeah. than the S two. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, the, but overall, I think it's uh, kind of a welcome return for a kind of classic model. It's been quite well received yep, so great, far. Great so. guitar. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, so next up, Electroharmonics <laughs> introduced the Leicester G and the Leicester K. Matt Knight, what are they? They are uh, rotary speaker simulators, which are amazingly demoed by Mike Matthews of Electroharmonics. Um, I, I, I first saw the video demo of him basically playing a just a normal keyboard. Um, because obviously he's a keyboard player by by nature. He was never a guitar player. Um, and they just sound so good, um, which they seem to be doing a lot of, you know, um, sort of things that work really well with keyboards. But yeah, just probably one of the better rotary simulator units I've heard. And then they do two types. The one's got an onboard compressor. Is, is that the only difference? I think that is pretty much the only difference between the two. I think some of the couple of the controls have changed, but I know that the smaller one doesn't have the onboard compressor. Yeah, the uh, so that's that's the the smaller one is for keyboard because you don't need the compression there. I think is their thinking. Yeah. And then the guitar one's got the compressor, and then I the, I'd definitely argue. I'd definitely you just argue need compressor on everything. No, no, no. You don't need compressor. On no, anything. but the the point is that with a um, Leslie simulator, you do struggle yeah. a little bit for volume because of, course, of that yeah. kind of has the same effect as a wah where you're lo- you're dropping um, um, yeah, frequencies and things yeah. like that. So um, that's in there, and the extra that's controls just on bait, Joe. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> Good. Um, he needs more of that this podcast, I think. Um, so the extra controls are to control the compressor. There's like volume and attack and things like that. So I'm I'm really excited for these. I think these are going to be. Um, I think these are these are very, very very really good. Yeah, very very welcome addition to the EHX range, um, and also just a welcome addition to sort of effects pedals in general because the Leslie is one of those things that people always you, you always everyone always sort of wants they want a Leslie speaker but who has got room for a you know a, a four foot or five foot cabinet essentially you know realistically it, who's got who's got room for that and it is an inevitable addition absolutely I used, to, I used and to have one in our well it wasn't mine but in a house I lived in we had a full yeah you had a but you had a spare room that, that it all went in no it was in the living room we had a Hammond B3 and a Les, original Leslie <laughs> but I mean the thing is is you know there aren't there really aren't that many there's the Boss RT20 yep um, Carl Martin do one what, I think I was going to say there's actually a few but the thing is that the, the ones that sound really good are really expensive so you've got the Strymon Lex which is like you yeah. know 250 quid yeah. You've got the mini vent um and the the normal um I can't remember what the the name of the company is now but like the uh, the oh that's it the neo ventilator it's like 380 quid. It's crazy. And it man. sounds amazing but it's su- such a huge amount of money where I think the Leicester K the Leicester the Leicester G which is the more expensive one um is 189 quid. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're EHX, so they're bound to be sub 200 quid. Yeah, they and yeah. they're in that, you know, decent housing and 9 volt and all the things <laughs> that you'd expect. Yeah. That's some of the more kind of famous um, Leslie pedals are in like weird housings like that. Um, the whatever the ventilator or whatever it was you said Matt is in oh, a, yeah I also had a um, I had a Hughes and Kettner yeah uh, oh god yeah of course which sounded amazing but that, it was huge and ran on like 15 volts and had a valve in it yeah um, crazy well, I think it was more I think that, wasn't that a 48 volt one I think yeah no it was it was well whatever it was I think it was ridiculously powered because it had to power the preamp inside oh but and the thing and the thing is you've got to think that it only had two controls it just had on off and speed so and you couldn't you can only adjust um you have to adjust it with like a, a screwdriver inside to adjust the overall speed so there, oh, was no, so there, like, there were no this, dials this is not well it had like um level it had like it had like level and then it had the speed of the the horn but not the rotor speed which is the base one um you could adjust it but you had to put a screwdriver inside and turn like a mini dial inside but ultimately i think once again a unit that was primarily designed probably more for keyboards than it was yeah. for guitar you, um, you're, you're sounding better now mate. You kind of, that's really good. funny is you kind of sounded like you turning the you dial. kind of sounded like someone had retuned you with the screwdriver inside someone had turned the mid I don't <laughs> want to see Matt retuned from the inside with a screwdriver no 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 <laughs> it sounds horrible um, there is one more bit of news uh, the Fender Elite series but we don't know a huge amount because they've not been officially launched yet so what I'm thinking is let's leave that for next week Okay. we'll have a little break now and we'll do a couple of questions because um, we are running quite long but I reckon we've got time to do a couple of quick quick cues Q&A's let's have a break and uh, we'll see you after this go are you unsuccessful and with few friends impress passers by with the all new guitar nerds t-shirt head over to guitarnerds.net forward slash shop and buy yourself one of the all new official guitar nerds t-shirt nerds and we're back for a uh, short round of questions um, that we'll, uh, we're going to dive into now. Questions. Rob says, Matt Knight, as the group's resident pedal guru and worker at a shop that stocks Catalan breads, if forced to choose a Binson emulator, would you choose the Catalan Ecorec or the Dorna Bunar? Yeah, that was, was that the one that we discussed? Um, it was, the multi-head the sort of Ecorec. Yeah. Well, I mean... I have a chance to try that, um, although I know one of the guys on the podcast, ha- um, on the Facebook group, has got one, um, so perhaps I might borrow it, but actually I really like the Catlin Bread one. Um, it's a little bit more of a pedal board friendly size, and it's a little less control heavy as well. I think the um, the Boonar sound looks really good, there's loads of controls on it, but then I kind of think, is that too much? I don't know, if you're kind of just after, it's the same thing with the... Um, in a way that we were just talking about the Leicester G and the Leicester K it's like how much control would you potentially want for something like that and I think with something like a delay yes it's kind of cool to have all the mess around stuff on it um, I mean sound wise they both from the demos that I've seen of the Boonart and from what I've tried of the Echorec they both sound amazing so I don't think you'd go wrong with either one but maybe the Echorec's a little bit simpler for sort of pedal board use if you don't tweak your pedals a lot okay so we're going for the uh, the Echorec. 
Yeah. I mean, it was yeah, kind I of like, a loaded question. That, a loaded question as he set it up as you working in a shop where that sells them. So you've, <laughs> it kind of um, it says that you probably have tried that one where you, you probably haven't got around to trying the Dorna yet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we need to get one for a uh, guitar notes. I will I? get in touch and see what I can do, see if we can get one over. Martin says, any recommendations for a replacement for my octave multiplexer? Something a little less clumsy but not massively pricey. It's the only thing that gives me hum. Which I'm not quite sure what that means. It sounds no. a bit pervy. <laughs> Jay Cross. Um, I don't know actually. Um, I I would say to begin with, is that definitely what's giving you the hump? Well, well, they are. Is. I mean, it's it's the cheapest doctor ever on the market by a long, yep. long way. Is it, it a long, a long if way? If he's using a. Uh if he's, if he's daisy chaining it electroharmonics are like notorious for giving you like yeah of course I mean there's there's so many variables with this I, first of all if you if, if you like the sound of the octave multiplexer I would suggest trying it on its if it's being daisy chained try it on its own power supply because that's that's the first thing to go and then secondly if you like the if you like the EHX thing go try POG Go with the, it's, it's substantially more money though it's, it is it's but long. it's and, you know if how much money are you willing to pay to get rid of a bit of hum oh uh, yeah it's true but also you know, I do think octave octaving is a, is a really important effect to get right and so I would yeah, definitely absolutely. say I would definitely be saying go for a micropog or you know or, or go for a super uh, a boss super octave or something that's a really good octave pedal you, I, ah, see but, I right. never really like the super octave uh, oh well it doesn't give you an octave up does it I think it's more um a, a bass player's octave it's, pedal. It's, it's octave down, but remember the if you're using it for the octave down, the thing about the octave multiplexer that those don't have are the filter controls. So it's got a high uh, a high filter and a low filter, um, and an additional sub. So it gives you those kind of like real filtered um, sort of subby synth sounds That's that true. you don't get from the Pog because the Pog's too too nice almost because yeah. it's polyphonic. Well, maybe I mean uh, as as an alternative, maybe something like Hotone or um, Moore. Both really, do. you're going really really cheap down there. Well, just because he was saying sort of something that's not, not too, too much money. Yeah, I suppose, the, the multiplexer yeah. I would consider to be the worst octaver on the market, like right, the cheapest okay. and the it's, it's fifty quid and. The reason that it has no competition is because it's because you can't really doesn't cost fifty quid. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you quid. can't really do that. That effect at that sound at yeah. that price point. But I, I, I think, mean, but I think Moore <clears throat> and Hotone have come closer to it. See, I just think it's. I, I just think it's worth spending the extra money going for the Pog. I, That's I true. Think, you you I won't think get Pog, tracking off of anything else. So. No, no, absolutely. And the Pog is what one hundred and twenty quid. Yeah, something you know, like that. You've got, so you've got yes, a few other options. It's, it's, it's a fair amount of money, but it's not. It's not crazy money. What about that? If what you're looking for is that specific sound. What yeah. about the Nanopog that they did recently? Yeah. Is that, the the Nanopog expensive. Oh, the Nanopog yeah. is more expensive than the Micropog. Uh, what? Um, yeah, yeah. Because it's, I think, it's it, economy, economy of scale. You know, I guess. It's just, yeah, yeah. It, but they've you, been making the Micropog for a long time, and yep. you know, it's, there, are, there are some other options though as well. You've got like the Pitchfork, the Electroharmonics Pitchfork. That would do that sort of mm-hmm. thing and give you a load of extra options. Yeah, yeah another Electroharmonics. Yeah, true. The Digitech Drop. Um, which uh, is is perfect. Will that do an octave down yes. as well as your yeah, original yeah. signal? Yeah, it yeah. Will. You can. It does. See, it has an option to double up on there as well as doing all the other if you're options. Talk, if and you're the talking Morpheus about, bomber as well. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about getting rid of noise and you want something that's maybe like a little bit more pro and maybe it's a little bit tighter sounding, then perhaps the drop is the way to go. The the drop is is the cleanest, it's, purest. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a higher voltage, isn't it? Uh, no, it's it runs is on it, nine. Are they still yeah. nine? Really? Yeah, I got See, one. Um, I'm surprised and, at that. I got one to try and avoid changing bases for the stuff that was written in D standard and E standard. 
right, okay. thinking I could just turn it on, but it, 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 there was still a, a tiny bit of latency. But um, when, when you don't have the clean signal running with it, but yeah. um, it's still perfect pedal. Really. What pedal. about the um, MXR, the M two eight eight bass octave deluxe? Uh, this this isn't necessarily on bass, is it? No, I believe it's. No, no, it's no a I'm just thinking that it would be quite. It it would might be a, um, a suitable thing as an alternative. Depends. If you're not using the octave app like a lot of the electroharmonics ones yeah. are, something like that, and it's not polyphonic they, either. They're, they're cool. Uh, they're good. I mean, they don't track for toffee, but only on uh, on sort of like your open the, Nor does the octave multiplexer. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. The drop. Because he said he specifically says I want something a bit less clumsy, so maybe the drop is the way to the go. Drop, they're only what they're ninety five quid, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think the, so. But the, you know, the so Morpheus sub hundred quid. The yeah. Morpheus bomber will do all of that. It's um, big though. It is big, they're, but it's still really huge. good, and I think cheaper as well. And then you get a um, you, you get the 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 pedal as well, the expression pedal for it. But sure. they they are mass. Like it can't be understated how big the Morpheus. Yeah. Bomber is, you know, they're they're what they're probably they're bigger than an ESA. They're probably yeah, they're, they're big. They're it's big. probably the size it's not, of it's not bigger big than an ESA. No, it's not as big as they're an not ESA. as big as an ESA. This is big. It's massive. It's the size. No, it's, small, it's, it's, no, it's, it's smaller than it's smaller than a modern whammy. It's definitely really? the same size. I about the same size. Am I just thinking of the drop tune? That was massive, wasn't it? You think you're thinking of the, the you're thinking of the drop, which was the unit that. Um, didn't have the expression pedal, which was pretty wide, but it was probably as wide as, uh, or a bit wider than some of those bigger electroharmonics pedals. Yeah, yeah. I knew Matt would get me out. Of the this. Morpheus Bomber um, is pretty much exactly the same as right, as a okay. Digitech Whammy, but I th- but really? it's really okay. cheap right. um, because it's been discontinued. So I think the shops that have them left uh, th- have reduced prices on. I mean, the actual tracking on that's great because when you use that, it actually sounds like you're moving a whammy bar. It's really impressive because the um, the actual pedal itself is a bit stiffer than like a whammy one, so it actually f- almost feels more realistic. I know it sounds a bit like weird. You're fighting yeah, it. Just, yeah, you can yeah. go too fast yeah. on a whammy, can't you? So yeah, you have they, to, to get that radiant sound. Yeah, but if if um, if uh, real estate is not is not uh, your issue. Then I, I think a Morpheus bomber is a very very cost effective way to do it. Otherwise, yeah, maybe maybe the Digitech drop. Digitech or, drop. I mean, the Pitchfork does all of the same stuff. Sure. Ian says, "Hi guys, hope everyone is well. I was wondering, I'm expanding my pedal rig. Any recommendations on the best pedal boards to house approximately the size of 15 Boss stomp boxes um, and an effects commander?" Obviously, see some brands around, but wonder what you guys actually thought. So, fifteen boss size pedals. Probably that one that we that we all did Tim's pedal board on round Jay's. Who's Tim? Um, the guitarist in my band. Okay, good. Um, good to know. What was that? What was that? A pedal train? Pro? Uh, no, that, no was it wasn't a, a pro. It wasn't a pro. Was it? A, was it a Novo thirty-two? Thirty-two. That was yeah. it. Yeah. That's, oh, that's course, probably yeah, about I'm thinking of the old style. Yeah, the Novo Thirty Two. That's okay. probably about fifteen pedals worth. But don't forget and the yeah, commander. Actually, um, how how big is an effects thing, commander, Matt? So an ESA or a gig rig or. Well, actually, one thing I found really handy recently is actually um, Voodoo Labs, uh, not Voodoo Labs, Pedal Train actually offer like a little uh, pedal board planner. Uh, which is quite cool. It's got like thousands of pedals you can choose from, and like a little image to scale. Oh, on a little a website board. for it. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, I did um, one for someone the other day, and um, they said all their pedals were like average boss size. So I think I put like ten on there, and it only takes up like a small section of the pedal board. So with space, 
uh, like a Novo 32 would be more than enough yeah and that obviously gives you all the benefits that you get from the pedal train stuff like power yeah. supply under, like you can fit a power supply underneath yeah. and um, just yeah, they do, they a, you can the, buy a soft case or hard case version of yeah, that as well. Yeah. They do the 24 as well, which is the the model down, the slightly scaled down model. Yeah, um, which is uh, which is which is very good and would be if yeah. you if you were if you were having your if you had your pedals, mm-hmm. if you had your power supply, for example, underneath the board, which you can certainly do. And also, I'm a big fan of having pedals just on all the time you could certainly fit a couple of pedals underneath if you yeah. were if they were pushed right up yeah. you know you could probably cut down to a 24 if yeah. you know if you wanted to potentially yeah. yeah i mean i think also it's important um we've mentioned it before but i think uh it's important to to if you like small pedals or you think you'd be inclined to buy um some of you know something by like moore or you know or, or any of the brands that do those micro pedals you should go for the new sizes anything suffixed by pedal train anything suffixed with um classic uh the yeah. the the bar what would you call them? the bars i guess the the bars on the of the board itself are too there's too much distance between them for you to fit like um, more, more pedals on you have yeah. to fit them on sideways on which is fine that's actually what i do and i find that really effective because i get like you know two pedals in one space which is can good. you get can you get two per like bar yeah yeah uh well it's the but yeah well one per bar but the See, two but- bars is one pedal right okay in, yeah in i suppose so, okay so yeah, basically yeah. if you've got a nice mix of pedals then it, don't go for the classic one yeah don't go, go for the classic series yeah. go, go for, for go one. for the novos yeah. and the terrors yeah and yeah. yeah okay we should wrap this up we are getting very very long this is the longest podcast we've done for a while excluding at least this year yeah it's the longest podcast <laughs> and probably the best podcast this year I'd say you reckon I reckon so okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. maybe don't listen to last week if you've if you've not done it so far no last week's was good we're just low energy we're getting back into it we're full of Christmas food and now I feel like I'm burning off those extra calories just by doing this podcast great thanks for sending in your questions um, you can do at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum we're going to answer a load more over on the patreon episode um patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds patreon we got questions from jiff we got questions from carl henrik got questions from wade Wade. we've got questions from nick start the reactor questions from paul and questions from oliver um to listen to that head over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as five dollars a month you can get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds every week and for $10 a month, you can become one of our exclusive Patreon producers, as these people have. Eric Siri, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfrey, Dale Rasco, Will Clare, Chris Wilson, Jack Conroy, Matt Quine, Fletch Fletcher, Moo Gravitz, Scott O'Brien, Colin Anderson, Phil Thompson. Booyah! Skillfully read out by the Beverly Hills cock. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can head over to Patreon for more of this. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. Go to Twitter at Guitar Nerds. Um, we're also, after this podcast, we're going to be doing, obviously, after when we're recording it, uh, we're going to be doing a new feature called the Monthly Mailbag live on Periscope. Um, at Guitar Nerds um, so you can join us there you'll see what we're reviewing um, you can also head over to the YouTube channel to catch up on everything we're doing video wise including the Periscope stuff um, youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos have we said that this is on a Monday 
Uh, it will be on a Monday night, but we're not doing well, uh, not doing it every tonight. Monday. We're not I doing it every not Monday. For Monday. Well, people aren't going to hear this, are they? Well, no, I, I I forgot that we weren't doing podcast every Monday, and that people yeah. can't. Listen but also, back there won't time. be a, there won't be a Periscope stream every every no, podcast. What, yeah, I, I realised that after I said it, which yeah. is why I sort of I brought my conversation to a standstill, hoping that you might as well, but I, you didn't, and now I'm having to sort I'll, of explain myself I'll just probably edit this bit out okay cool I won't um, oh. you can join me on Twitter at Mark underscore random you can join Matt at Matt underscore Nightsy Jay is at J-A-Y-B-M-1 and Joe is at Joseph underscore 900 Fact. Um thanks for joining us this week we'll um, see you next week thank you bye 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.